Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by assholeconsulting.com. Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. And now, your host... Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Welcome to the Clary Podcast. This is it. This is the final one. This is the last time I'm doing this. I have to apologize in advance for uh, all the podcasts I've been doing and not the writing. I have a ton of posts I've been wanting to write. And the problem I run into is with all the driving I've done in the past two months. I've literally done, what, one, two, three, three cross-country trips and change if you include all the triangulation driving I've been doing between Vegas, Phoenix, and Los Angeles. Or not Los Angeles, San Diego. Uh, and uh, the only time I can, I can find any time to do any kind of production is to do a podcast because unlike writing... Uh, you could podcast, you could talk while driving. And uh, the podcast today, is, or tonight rather, is going to be absolutely necessary because uh, I don't care, we're doing this. I am going through with this. Uh, this will be the last time I drive 24 hours straight to get back home. And the reason this was put upon me is uh, weather. Old Man Winter is not dead yet. And I, the original plan, I had driven from Vegas hanging out. I went from Matt Baldoni's couch all the way to Grand Junction, visiting the people that paid me to do the Curse Free podcast. They were kind enough to let me crash at their place. We did a little bit of hiking. Woke up and I said, eh, did the math, look at the weather. No weather. No weather. Just going to be a little cool. I said, you know what? Maybe I can make it to Rapid City. Maybe I can make it to my favorite town in the entire United States. And uh, my favorite hotel in my favorite town, the Alex Johnson. If you don't know what it is, look it up. That's where all the presidents would stay. They had a deal. They had a deal. 69 bucks. And it's like, yeah, it's not the most direct way home. Maybe I want to hang out in Rapid City. Maybe i just like to maybe go drive around a little bit. I mean, you guys have no idea. It's, it's, it's as close to religious as I get. Uh, Rapid City in the Black Hills, Badlands area. And that was the hook. That was it. Yeah, I could drive through Nebraska. But there's nothing to see in Nebraska. I even like the little towns along Highway 212. It takes a little bit longer to get home, but I'll take 212 instead of the interstate. Atham, look this up. And so I was like, yep, I'm going to make it to Rapid City. It'll be 2 a.m. when I get there. That's fine. It'll be 1 a.m. accustomed to the time that I'm on now, uh, which is West Coast time. And so it wouldn't be really too late. And so no problems. Now... I'm driving up Highway 25. I cut over the Rockies. I get to Highway 25, shooting north. Gonna go into the in the Hudang Digley state of Wyoming. And I stop at the Perkins. And was it Loveland? Because I needed coffee, I needed some decent food, and, and I was making great time. Like, I'll get there in no time, get some nice sleep at the Alex Johnson. I'll be I'm fine. Just looking forward to it. Looking forward to a nice relaxation on this victory lap. This is a victory lap we're doing. 
And the gal says, oh, well, have a good drive. And as I'm checking out at Perkins, I say, thanks, got to make it up to Rapid City. You know, I got to break to the cute girl behind the counter. She says, oh, you're going up through Wyoming? I'm like, yeah. She's like, they shut down the highway. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I was feeling guilty because along the way is the great one himself at Cynical Libertarian Society, sinlibsoch.com. And I was thinking, oh, eh, maybe I stop in and visit him. I'm like, no, no, I want to get home. Uh, I'll, and I kind of felt a little bit guilty because like, I'd be driving right past his house. I'd be driving within you know 10 miles of his house. And so, sure enough, I go on the old telephone. I look up uh, the, the highway information, and it's shut down. So I'm trying to figure out, well, when is it going to open? When is it gonna... And then, sure enough, they say, ah, maybe we'll open up at 10. Maybe we'll open up at 11. We don't know. We're Wyoming. We're who-dang-diggly-danglies. We're too busy screwing our cousins and having sex with our sisters. We don't know when the snowplows are coming. Oh, it's the Wyoming way. So, knowing the professionalism and reliability of Wyomingites or Wyomians, hicks, I'm like, I, I gotta come up with a plan B. So now, all of a sudden, the great one himself of the Cynical Libertarian Society, he becomes my best buddy, I'm like, dang, I, I don't want to drive across Nebraska. Because I'm thinking, like, whatever weather is going, you know, whatever weather in Wyoming is shutting down the highway system, it's gonna drift along the highways that I got to use is going to go into South Dakota. And the worst storm I ever got into, the worst driving conditions, hands down, was in South Dakota. I won't tell the story here again, but it was it was without a doubt the worst storm. And I, and I know what can happen out there because the prairies don't stop the snow, it gets icy, and you're stuck. They will shut down the highways. I'm like, oh, man, I, I got to avoid it. So I'm looking at the traffic map, and the state I hate driving across the most Nebraska is all green. It's all open and green. All I got to do is hang a right on Highway 14, go through Alt, Colorado. Hope you're paying attention, Atham. And it shoots right across to Sterling, where I pick up the interstate that I should have stayed on all the time. I'm like, ah, damn it. Now, I hadn't left Grand Junction until 4.30, because I was going to luxuriate. I was going to take my time. What is the speed limit here? Oh, here's the speed limit sign. Only delay me further if oh, It's only 75 here. Okay, I thought it was 80. We're getting to the Christian safe states where we can't have too much fun. So I was estimating, yeah, I'll get in late over at Rapid City at 2 a.m., but that's all right. Now I'm thinking like, no, I better, you know, I, I can't sleep. I, that Now I'm forced. It's 9 p.m., approaching 9 p.m., 10 p.m. Minnesota time. And I'm like, now's the debate. I either get lodging here for free with the great one himself or I hang a right on Highway 14. So I text the, the great one himself. I don't have his number. I'm like, uh, great one, let me know you got a couch. And I know he's not He's not always online. He's out doing something. The man is very engaged. He's engaged in theater. He's, uh, he's got uh, hobbies. He, he does, he's not always glued to his phone. And I'm like, I don't think the cynical libertarian is going to answer. So what could have been, had I just been nicer, had I just cut out, carved out a little bit of time for the great one himself, I could have hung a left on Highway 14, driven not even 10, maybe 8 miles, and had a nice couch to sleep on, maybe do this podcast with him, have a little chit-chat, have some intelligent conversation, ask him why he's so down on the other races, see if we can't get him to become to the non-racist side of the force. 
or I hang a right and drive the whatever it is, 900 miles, <laughs> back to the WBL. And I said, screw it. Screw it. We're going to do this. We are going to do this. I did for thought it was nothing. I do this for a living. I'm going to do it. I'm going to drive home. I'm going to see my little niece. One last try. One last time. I'm not too old for this shit. To quote Mel Gibson and Danny Glover and Lethal Weapon, whatever it was they were in. I am not too old for this shit. I'm Aaron Cleary, damn it. I own this country. I own the roads. I am the king of the road. I will drive late at night. I will make it across Nebraska, uh, besides which uh, nighttime is the best time to drive across Nebraska. And so I uh, hooked up to the Interstate 67, or 76 rather, in Sterling. By the way, this is one of those things where you kind of think, eh, maybe it wasn't so bad, you know? Sometimes when bad things happen to you, they're not bad things. They're gifts in disguise, and... I'm starting to appreciate some of the smaller things in life. And uh, you get to the town of Sterling. Now, I was coming in from the west. I had, the only time I ever stopped in Sterling was to sleep at the wayside there. Nice wayside, by the way. Good water. Nice and quiet. Uh, and I went a, a little bit in, like the 50 yards to get to the gas station, the Senex, which is right off, of, right off of the highway. But I was coming in through town. Well, I didn't realize it was such a big town. It's also the county seat. And they got their uh, county courthouse, old school, beautiful, uh, uh, George Bailey, it's a wonderful life type of town, it's right there in the city center, trees, old school, uh, Greco-Roman architecture, and it's lit up red, lit up with red lights at night, I got a great picture of it, I'll probably put it on my Instagram account or the Twitter, of which you can follow me if you want, I'm all over the place. I guess you have to have all the social media. Anyway, I get just this beautiful picture. And you know what? It probably cost me an extra hour of travel. An extra hour of travel to see a piece of beauty that I probably would have never seen before. Uh, I was going to be dead tired anyway by the time I got home. And I got to see this nice little courthouse lit up red. Just beautiful. Very pretty. Got a picture of it. Chit-chatting with the girlfriend. I'm like, oh, I got to go. I got to take a picture of this. She's like, oh, okay. And I texted her proof so she knew I wasn't making BS. You know, like, yeah, it wasn't really... I actually should have... I had to pull over and take... Oh, yeah, that is... That is pullover worthy. That is that is worthy of getting off the phone with me, interrupting our conversation, pulling over and taking a picture. And so now we're on the highway. Now we go all the way to Des Moines. Shoot up 35, which, coincidentally, I drove across all the way down in Dallas. A week ago, a week and a half ago. But we can do this. This is what I can do. I can drive across the United States on very little sleep. We're going to do it one last time. I did 36 hours from El Paso, Texas. Yeah, El Paso, Texas. It's not New Mexico. That's Texas. Went all the way from there back home. Went all the way from Atlanta back home. This is nothing. This is, well, okay, I did do a hike. I've been up since 10. So I'll be up only maybe, maybe 25, 26 hours. This this can be done, and it will be done. Finally figured out why I insisted on doing these road trips, the, especially the one out to Florida. Just wanted to prove to it. It's a survival thing. It really was a survival thing. In part, it was boredom. But I wanted to prove to myself that, yeah, if necessary, in case of emergency. Does anyone else think like this? Like, if the, if the, the electricity goes down... 
and uh, the heathens arise from the city. Can I hightail you? How, how long and fast can I drive without resting? You know, it's kind of a survival skill. How far, how, can I, how long can I put distance? How long can I, can I last and get away from trouble? And I pray, yeah, I could do it. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy as it used to be 20 years ago, but I could do it. I did it. And now this, is, this will be the final lap. Although, you know, come to find out, this just, it just shows you how much Wyoming sucks. Turns out Highway 25 is shut down. I was looking at the weather map because I wanted to find out, okay, they shut down the highway. It says icy conditions, wintry conditions. So I go to the map. I want to see where this snowstorm that just hit Wyoming, but it hadn't hit Colorado yet. I said, okay, I want to because I didn't see any clouds in the sky. Saw nothing to the north. Pretty clear day. Where's the snowstorm going? Well, according to the map, according to radar, there's no snow. I'm like, what the heck? And it dawned on me. If you ever go out to these flat plain states, it is so windy and so blowy out there, they actually build like these buffers along the highway. You'll see these fences. They won't look like regular old cattle fences. They're, they're almost, they kind of look like solar power, uh, solar panels, but they're more long and rectangular than square. And they run more horizontal. You, well, what is that? What is that? Is that keeping cows in? And Well, there's a big gap there. Why would a cow? It's not meant for cows. What it's meant for is to prevent snow from drifting. And I guarantee you what happened is there was no storm, but because it's so windy, because it blows so much in Wyoming, because Wyoming blows, the snow drifts, and that's what those barricades are for. They're to prevent snow from drifting. They also got them on railroad tracks. Trains that get derailed... So you don't need to have it snowing. You don't need a blizzard. The snow will just drift over the highway. People driving across it, it will melt the snow. Uh, then it will immediately refreeze if it's colder. And that's exactly what happened. So all the way from, I think, Douglas down to Cheyenne, I-25 got shut down. And I, and I know exactly the stretch, and it is it is very windy there. It didn't even have to snow for the highway. There had, didn't have to be an ounce of participation uh, precipitation in the sky. All that had to happen was there's enough wind to blow enough snow over those hurdles, over those barricades, and onto the highway, and then have enough traffic to melt it, and then there are a ton of crashes, and now no one's getting through. So I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the map, and yeah, sure enough, South Dakota highways are fine. Maybe I could have gone up Highway 85. Highway 85 looked a little backed up. Right now, the only people who have a clue as to what the heck I'm talking about are truck drivers. Old Jack Burton says that if you want to listen to a... Why does he sound... Who is that? Almost sounds like John Wayne. Well, old Jack Burton, old John Wayne says that if you want to drive across the country, there's no better podcast to listen to than T.T. and the man on the blackbrigade.org. Actually, was it D.T. telling me that Kurt Russell fashioned himself after uh, John Wayne for that movie? Horrible movie, by the way. Absolutely horrible. <coughs> so that's it. That's, that's where the old Claremeister is. Thank God I stopped at that Perkins, because otherwise I would have been stuck in Cheyenne. I would have been stuck in the state I hate the most. Desperately wanted to visit some of my friends up there, though. It would have, would have been nice, but the snow and the weather and that. I'm, I'm just glad I avoided the state altogether. I'll go visit them come uh, summertime. But, uh, yeah. Oh, 
second thing, and this is this is going to be all from memory. Obviously, I can't take notes. I can't read articles. It's going to be a very handicapped podcast. Uh, so we had the girlfriend's birthday in Vegas, and uh, I rented the girlfriend a Ferrari for her birthday. Now, a lot of you are saying, and this this is why I'm trying to head off at the pass. So naturally, I take a couple pictures of the car. Uh, I, I had a tuxedo. We had a bunch of friends over, all that other stuff. Rented out a, a suite over at the Red Rock. And, uh, you know, living it up, uh, the girlfriend's favorite car is a black Ferrari. Didn't know that about her. She just kind of let that slip. And then, uh, man, was I cool. I was cooler than Cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luke would have to take his hands and put it in the icebox to have the cool hands that I had keeping the secret away from the GF. So I told everybody, and everybody kept mum. But I, I bought the, the thing in advance, three months in advance. And so uh, she didn't know. She had no idea. We were giving her horrible clues. Like, yeah, it fits in a basket, and it can only be used on months that begin with J. I think. I think so I was like, now nah, only people with herpes can use it, so you're just only going to be able to look at it. We're giving her horrible clues. But uh, it was a rental. So uh, still, I, I put myself on it because the hell if I'm not going to drive the thing. Uh, plus, she was gonna, it was her birthday, so she was going to be drinking. I'm still off the sauce. Seven months. Seven months and a couple days, I'll be off the sauce for seven months. And so, uh, hell yeah, I'm going to take pictures with the Ferrari. It's uh, overrated, by the way. So, uh, I put these pictures, obviously, on the social medias and the Twittergram and the Snatto chats and the, the, the face friends. And then everybody, not everybody, but uh, enough people are saying things like, Wait a minute, I thought you were a minimalist. You bought a Ferrari? Why'd you buy a Ferrari? I thought you were... You're, why are you talking out of your ass? You're telling us all to, to to live minimalistically? That's not what a minimalist does. You're a hypocrite. And so let me head off a couple things. Let's learn a lesson about minimalism. And then let us also learn about life. Okay? So I rented the Ferrari. I did not buy a Ferrari. I rented it for two days. I got a one, a two for one, because I was so far in advance. Um, it, it was pricey. It was certainly expensive for a, a for a one day rental, but you got two. Uh, but it came nowhere near the price of actually buying a Ferrari. And come on, you guys, you guys gotta have faith in me on this. Would I ever buy a Ferrari? Okay, so no, it is. It is. I did not buy a Ferrari. Uh, yes, I did splurge, and this is the second lesson that we have to learn, and that is, you know, what what living life a little bit. What what's life about? Uh, it was the GF's fortieth birthday. It uh, you 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 have the right to splurge, and you know, people only turn forty once. I splurged on my birthday, and so I decided to get the girlfriend splurge on her fortieth birthday. And life is not about being so frugal. Uh, like we, we have this. Uh, uh, family friends, they have this son, they're saying he's so cheap it wouldn't come down to Vegas and he was invited. And he had the money. And it's like, okay, now you missed out. It, it, and I used to be this way, so I lived this, I made this mistake and it cost me, it cost me probably a lot more than I realized. It certainly cost me a lot of adventure. I didn't start adventuring and going traveling around the United States until I was 30 because I had it in my mind. I had to pay off my house before I could have any fun. And sometimes life doesn't work that way. So you have to celebrate these benchmarks, and sometimes it's all right to splurge. So we ate like kings. Well, I didn't. I was on the no-carb thing, but although one day I was allowed to pig out on whatever I want. 
Uh, we had espresso. We had cigars. We had the Ferrari. We had a high-end restaurant or a, a, a suite over at the Red Rock Casino. Bought expensive booze. Well, not expensive, but good quality booze, which pricier than average. You don't want to be getting these $300 shots of Louis Remy 13 or whatever it's called. And and now, and then the 41st birthday, she's going to get bupkins. She's going to get nothing because it's not the special about turning 41. But 40, you're allowed to celebrate every once in a while. And why not enjoy the finer things in life? I'm not saying buy the finer things, but certainly rent the finer things. And then this leads to the, the third lesson. Um, nev- never get a Ferrari. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Dude, the, let's talk about that Louis Remy 13, like Louis the 13th Scotch and this Ferrari, okay? Because they're, they're two of the... Th- we didn't even have the Louis the 13th. But um, took the GF downtown Minneapolis. And if there's one bar you want to go to in Minneapolis, uh, it's, it's called the Prohibition. It's in this old skyscraper called the Fauchet Tower. I used to work security there many years ago. And this is probably the only cool place that's hip that some young kids go to uh, that's worth checking out. So uh, we went there, and there, sure enough, there's the scotch menu, and the GF orders the scotch. And then sure enough, we see for like 375 bucks you can get this Louis Martin 13th scotch. So we asked the waitress, and we're like, have you ever had this and she's like, yeah, we actually come in and we do testings and tastings. And so we actually do get to have a little taste of that. I'm like, is this anywhere near worth it? She's like, absolutely not. She's like, it, it's nothing. Sp- if you like 15-year, unless you have like a really anal retentive palate, the only people who order that are fake dude bro 20-somethings who want to impress their, their bros and they're going into debt for it and you know it. Or insanely rich old middle-aged men who just wanted to, oh, I only drink nothing but the best, because they can, and they think that instead of drinking what they like. And so, even though it is presumably the best scotch ever, it's totally not worth $375 a shot. Moving on to the Ferrari. Ferrari, most overrated piece of shit there ever was. And I know I've just insulted all the Ferrari fans, all three that happened to uh, listen to this, and I know, just hear me out, but I want to I wanna explain Ferraris to the normal schmucks out there like me so you know what to expect if you ever rent one and why you should not be upset that you don't have one. Like, there, there should be no reason you should be selling. It's basically, <coughs> here, here's exactly what it's like. It's just like the super hot chick that some guy has on his arm. Like, you see this drop-dead gorgeous babe on some guy's arm. You're like, how the, how the hell did he get her? And you're just like, wow, I'd do anything to be with her for a night, and da-da-da. And that's exactly what you hit on, to be with her for a night. Not forever, for a night. Because just like these super hot chicks, all, all a Ferrari is is just a machine that looks good. That's all it is. That's its best quality and attribute is that it looks good and it makes other people envious or turn heads. And then, just like a super hot chick, a Ferrari is a pain in the ass to drive, deal with, sit in, worry about. It, it is it is not a pleasant car to drive. Now, the primary reason for that, and I would think this is where Ferrari owners and Ferrari aficionados would agree with me, 
is they're yelling at they're yelling at their headphones or whatever means they're listening to this. Is they're saying it's not meant to be a grocery gutter, it, which is pretty much what I was using it for. I even <laughs> I we learned from my birthday party, my 40th birthday party, we ended up getting Thai food because I wanted to be high class. Well, Thai food is messy; it doesn't stay warm, and the you needed utensils, and it just it, it's it's a horrible party food. So what we did is we said, forget it, we're going to do it easy. Everybody likes pizza. So even though we rented a Ferrari, we had this high-end suite, blah, 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 high-end booze. We got pizza, and I think everybody was kind of happy with that. <laughs> well, we had to pick it up. So the GF is getting ready. Everybody's, you know, doing pre-drinking and everything. I said, okay, I'll go, I'll go pick up the pizza. Well, I had lent the truck to a buddy of mine who, who foolishly did not rent a car when they came to Vegas. And so all I had was the Ferrari. And I'm like... I guess I gotta go get the get the pizza. So here I am playing pizza delivery boy in my tuxedo, driving a Ferrari, and it was like this Ferrari was made to deliver pizza because the Ferraris the, the engine's in the back, and so your trunk is in the front. And I opened up the front trunk, and the pizza boxes fit perfectly, fit perfectly into the little cubby hole <coughs> that the front part of the Ferrari had. So here I am driving this you know two hundred fifty thousand dollar vehicle. Ordered a bunch of pizzas, put it in the car, driving with my tuxedo on. I, no one saw it. I just—it's a story you have to, you have to imagine it because I'll always remember that part of my life. I'm Fry from Futurama in a tuxedo driving a Ferrari. Anyway, uh, the Ferrari is not meant for day-to-day driving. The Ferrari is meant to be raced, and the reason why is you—you you could just tell. It, it operates for shit. It operates for absolute crap under 100 miles an hour. But once you get to 100 miles an hour, not that we did, then it smooths out. Then it's like, oh, this isn't a loud contraption piece of shit. It's like the SR-71 Blackbird. Not to get too uh, obscure, but the SR-71 Blackbird, look it up if you don't know what it is. I think to this day it is the fastest airplane uh, in the world. Uh, it's just this amazing marvel of engineering, and um, they had—they were testing such limits of physics and heat and thermodynamics and aerospace uh, that they had to design the plane. And the fuel tanks, in particular, I remember this, would leak upon takeoff. And they did that by design because as the plane would go faster, the friction with the air would heat up the metals to such an extent that it would expand, and that expansion was planned because it would then seal the fuel tanks. And so the Ferrari is kind of designed the same way. It is not designed to go 70 miles an hour on the interstate. It is designed to be raced and go 130 to 180. Well, actually, it's designed to go up to 220, or at least that's what the speedometer said. So if you're driving around, it, it, uh, it makes noise. You hear the timing belt. The brakes make noise. The turn. You think the thing is broken, and it's not. I was talking to a very interesting cat, very interesting fellow. He is the head butler of the Red Rock Casino, and he wasn't dressed like you know Eves or anything like that. He's just dressed in a suit, very polished gentleman, very polished suit. And we were just riding down the elevator, like, "Oh, hello, sir." And I say, "Oh, are you the elevator?" He's like, "Oh no, I'm the head butler." And I, I wish I would have talked to him more. Because we were riding on the elevator, didn't have time. So, the head butler, he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, that's got to be kind of cool. He's like, it is. He 
he says, you enjoying your stay? I said, yeah, we, we got the thing, it's, and we rented a Ferrari. Now, this guy, uh, he's either owned a Ferrari or something like that. I forgot the name that he was talking about, um, it, but it was some high supercar. And he's saying, like, yeah, they're not meant for uh, just driving around. They make a lot of noise. And he says, yeah, when I have the girl, you know, when I pick up a girl on a date, she's like, is this car broken? And he's like, no, it just sounds like that. So it is noisy. It's not pleasant to drive. You think that, you know, the, the steering column is broken. It's just not pleasant for your average non-racing individual to drive. Right? So if you're going to, well, one, don't be upset that you don't own a Ferrari, okay? Unless you're going to race it, which is a very expensive racing hobby. Uh, Ferraris are just not, not only are they not made for us, you don't want them anyway. I was so happy to get my putt-putt truck back because it was comfortable. Because it shifted, because there was a clutch. Right? So don't worry about that unless you are going to go racing. But the other thing, and this has nothing to do with the Ferrari, but it has to do with the latest and let's just advance crap to the point that it, it, it's worse than what the old technology was for the sake of introducing new technology. Let's talk about paddle shifters. Right? If you don't know what they are, uh, a paddle shifter is where the, the gear shifters are up on the steering wheel. They're just paddles. One's on the right, one's on the left. You hold the steering wheel. If you want to go up, you hit the right paddle. If you want to shift down, you hit the left. Now, the cars today sports cars, not just Ferrari, and not just Italian cars, but my buddy who rented a bleeping Camaro, he had the paddle shifters. And what this is supposed to do is it's supposed to make for faster shifting. So you could go faster, you could eke out that fraction of a second on the racetrack, because of course everybody races Chevy Camaros from rental places with convertibles. So this is supposed to be better, it's newer, it's the, it's the latest add-on that Yahoo Mail added on to its Yahoo Mail that no one ever asked for and requires that you add and click and deny and decline and just makes your life a living hell. So whereas, I wouldn't even doubt technically or engineered or intent-wise, I would say it probably absolutely does make the car go a little bit faster. It absolutely does cut down on time. It actually would help in racing. It also makes for a horrendously jerky ride. Let me explain why. When you have a clutch, you ease into and ease out of gears. So there's a gradual gradation and pressure applied to the transmission as you're engaging and disengaging the clutch. So going from first to second, second to third, third to fourth, there is a uh, <coughs> continuum. And that's because you are pushing in the clutch disengaging the clutch and, and gently, gracefully albeit fast, lightning fast um, uh, gradually shifting between one gear and the next with the paddle shifters it's all digital, it's all electronic and so you are either in first gear, second gear, third gear or in the case of Ferraris, fourth, fifth sixth or seventh gear there's no in between there's no clutch to provide a seamless transition from first to second, second to third, or when you're downshifting. And when you're accelerating, and let's say you're driving automatic, because you could switch now, you just hit a button, it's so fake, it's so millennial, it's so, it's so pansy-assed, I want to drive automatic, click the button, and now you just press the gas pedal, it's no different than your Chevy Malibu. 
I want to be a racer. You hit manual, and now you got to play with the paddles, but you don't have a clutch. So when you're accelerating, whether you're in manual or automatic transmission mode, it doesn't matter. When you're accelerating, it's not as noticeable, but there is none of that gradual intermission between first and second gear because there's no clutch. You immediately go from second to third, third to fourth, or down. When, now this becomes even more noticeable when you're downshifting. Because especially when it came to the Ferrari, they got to program the transmission to know when to shift. So they got to decide, okay, at this RPM, at this speed, it's going to downshift. Well, they programmed it wrong. Now, I know everyone in the Ferrari, too, they didn't program it wrong, you're not racing. I understand that. I'm just trying to explain what everyone could expect. Every man out there can expect with paddle shifters now going into the future. Is when you are downshifting, if they don't have this programmed right, it will downshift too easy. In other words, the car is going too high to speed for the gear that the automatic algorithm, the program, wants to downshift into. And so if you've ever downshifted too early in a car, the gear that's in is too small and can't keep up with the car's speed and goes, and it slows down because the gear can't keep up. So if the car's transmission system is programmed to downshift too early, as was the case with this Ferrari, you get this jerking, slow motion, and every time it jerks, you can't help because you're slowing down, but to add extra pressure to the brake. And this makes for a horrendously jerky ride. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Because you don't have that clutch to negotiate between the two different gears seamlessly. And what's, okay, that's one thing, it's a Ferrari. Okay, you look like you're the transporter. Look at you, you got your paddle shifters. whip de doo for you. What I'm worried about is if they're going to do this to American cars. And it looks like they are. And the clutch is going to go away. And it kind of scares me because when I went and got an oil change, <coughs> both times, before I went off on the road trip, and then when I was out in San Diego getting another oil change, the oil change guys are like, oh, wow, standard transmission. I haven't seen this in years. Years? Years? Wait, where are all the standard transmission cars going? Don't tell me that this is going to go away, that this is that they aren't making standard transmission cars. And by standard, I don't mean pansy-ass, flippity-flew, the, the, the pedal shifters. That's not, that's not standard transmission. There's no clutch. I want a clutch. I want a shift. And if they could get a way to, if they could make it so that there's no jerking, that there's a gradual transition between the different gears. Okay, maybe I'd warm up to the, to the pedal shifters. But if this is the case where they program it wrong and you are jarringly in first, second, third, fourth, or fifth, and nothing in between, this is going to make driving sports cars miserable. Now, I know, I know I'm not much of one for buying fancy cars. I understand that. Uh, but as per our previous conversation and lesson learned, every once in a while it's okay to splurge. And I've afforded myself one of the few luxuries in life I've afforded is buying uh, cheap convertibles because I never had convertibles when we were in family. Only rich people had convertibles. And for the most part, I've always had myself a cheap albeit cheap, two-seater little roadster convertible. And they're fun as hell. It has brought me great joy in life. Uh, but they've all been standard transmission. And not that these are the sports models. They're not. But I like to be able to zip around my little... Because the lighter the car, two-seater's usually less less weight, and they got a little bit more pep than a sedan or 
certainly a Chrysler Sebring. So I don't, and it's not that I'm racing around, but my dream car, because the best car I ever rented was a GT Mustang. And this is, this would only happen if you yahoos would go out there and do all your online shopping for my Amazon affiliate program. Like I asked, to first pay off my house, and then you would keep that up the next year, and then work up the $100,000. I want to get a Shelby, or not Shelby, a Super Snake GT Mustang. And this is where they drop the, this is the fastest Mustang they make. They, they drop in a whole new package, so you get yourself, I think it's a GT or better Mustang. And then they drop in this souped-up engine, and it's just the most badass, powerful Mustang there ever was. And they have, and they better still have standard transmission. They better not do this paddle-shifting European pansy bullshit uh, where it's like, yeah, we paddle-shift because we're Ferrari. Oh, look, we're Fiat. Oh, look, we're Lamborghini. I don't want that. I want a seamless, smooth transition. And I want it when it's not on the racetrack. I want a car. Why can't you make a car? See, this is the thing. They're mixing it up. The everyday man car, and by which I mean sports cars that your everyday average man can afford, like a sporty Mustang or Corvette, they're mixing that up with race cars. The paddle shifters were meant for race cars, not guys who want to go occasionally fast and open up on the highway when there's no cops around in their Mustang or their Camaro. And now they're going to ruin the driving experience for real men who know how to drive standard transmission, who know how to drive stick, because all the Europeans did it. It's no different than when these girls in uh, middle school and high school, um, they joined the Paris club. We're going to Paris. I want to go and see the Eiffel Tower. It's like, why are you talking to a fucking accent? You're an American. You've never been to Paris. You didn't even, you, you got to see in your first semester of, of ninth grade French. You don't even know what a croissant is. And then they go on this, oh, Europe, everything's so much better in Europe. It's like, oh, you mean those shitbirds who, like, have even worse debt positions than we do? You mean those people that can't even keep it together that Britain leaves them for crying out loud? Those guys that bend over ass backwards so they get raped up the ass by a bunch of Muslim invaders? And it's even the conservative government's letting them in? Those guys? Oh, yeah, they're, they're the epitome of culture, man, yeah. Just because the history was made there doesn't mean they're, they're at the top of the game of culture. We should emulate them. If anything, that means that Europe is where the majority of mistakes were made. They have a much longer track record of fucking up than the United States does. And if you study European history, which I have, by the way, I've been taking in a lot of podcasts, learned about the Inquisition, learned sort of about the Hundred Years' War. All I got from it was, ah, Britain and uh, France didn't like each other. And then the French, they didn't have a clear lineage to their king. And the English said, hey, we're going to use that as an excuse to take some land. And um, then Joan of Arc came in and beat back the English. And that was kind of the really crappy documentary I listened to. But anyway, um, you guys in the automotive engineering, Chrysler, Ford, and GM, please listen. You're doing nothing different than these little 13-year-old girls who read about socialism, read Sylvia Plath, and uh, <clears throat> go and tour nothing but the best and safest parts of France as mommy and daddy foot their bill, and they come back with this delusional idea that Europe's better than the United States. 
and then and then everyone decides to like implement socialist European bullshit and co- uh, poppycock. You're doing the same thing with the Italians, all right? The the Ferraris and Lamborghinis and the Porsches—they're not meant. They are not meant uh, for everyday drivers. And you're taking that technology, the the paddle shifting, and you're forcing it on everyday drivers. And you're ruining it. You are ruining it just like little teenage girls inevitably... And there's a little bit more truth to this than you realize. Inevitably what little teenage girls grow up to be, and that is voters who ruin freedom, capitalism, and the United States. So don't be a communist. Stop trying to emulate these European pussies. Although Ferrari is not European pussies. They're pretty freaking badass. I will admit, once you got up to... Once you got up past 80... I was like, oh, I, I can see where... It, and it handles wonderfully. That's another thing I'll give it. Like, you could turn. I mean, there's... You could... It's like... Hairpin turns, no problems. So I, I am I am not besmirching those of you that have Ferraris. Uh, uh, for, um, for having them. Especially if you race them. But if you're one of these guys who has the Ferraris, you just drive it around as your grocery getter like I did that day. Uh... <laughs> You're, you're wasting your money. You're, that's not what they're made for. They're not made for that. So I'd, I'd recommend, though, I would highly recommend, maybe not rent a Ferrari. If you ever go to Vegas or you ever have the opportunity, if there's like an exotic car, luxury rental out in your area, I would totally go and get one uh, for like an afternoon. That's all you really need. Sometimes I got it for like two hours. Um, two hours is all you really need. Just drive it around, take it out on the interstate, say you drove it. And, you know, it, it's, it's like... Um, I don't know. It's like any new experience. You don't need to experience it for three full days to to get a feel for it. You could try sushi, be done and over with it in five minutes. A Ferrari, you, you drive it around for an hour or two hours, you'll know what it's like. And then, hey, you can actually say, hey, I drove it a Ferrari. Kind of cool. I had a couple people. My best friend from Milwaukee, she's like, oh, let's go for a yeah, we rode. And oh, did it feel good? Did it feel good? Take a picture with me and my buddy. Uh, from high school and great middle school. I've noticed since middle school. We got the Ferrari in the background. I'm in my tuxedo. She's in a dress. Put that on the old Facebook for all the fucking losers back in old my high school. Hey, how you assholes doing? Ah, yeah. What's single parenthood like? I wouldn't fucking know. I'm too busy being Ty Lopez with knowledge. What if he even drives those cars he rents? <clears throat> what if they even his... Has anyone ever seen Ty Lopez actually driving his Ferrari to go get pizza? See, if he did that, if someone saw Ty Lopez driving his Ferrari to pick up pizza, then I'd, I'd give him street cred. I'd say, okay, it's pretty legitimate because uh, he probably owns it. You know, why else would he drive the Ferrari to pick up pizza? You know, almost, that'd be like kind of the the confirming bit of evidence. Say, oh, yeah, yeah, he picked up pizza with his own Ferrari. No, he wasn't in a tuxedo, but he doesn't have to be. No, he probably owns it. All right, well, let's do some sponsors here from memory. Nebraska, the good life. Hey, we're crossing in Nebraska. Is this where we hook up to 80? I don't know if I'm on 76 no more or if I'm on... God, I hate this. This is the stretch I hate. Oh, Nebraska's so long. All right, let's do some sponsors from memory. Uh, the real Mark Baxter, Mark Baxter podcast. Look him up. You can find him on SoundCloud. Uh, he's co-sponsoring my stuff. I'm plugging him. He gets great interviews. Great guys from the Manosphere on. Great uh, uh, not, not conversation. Certainly a good conversationalist. But I was going to say a, a great interviewer. 
which is actually quite a skill to have. He's kind of like Kerry Lutz. Um, he's a good interviewer. And uh, he has all the, the big wigs on, on his podcast. And I think what I'm going to do, because I wasn't intending to drive all the way back home tonight, and as much as I'd like to do an 11-hour podcast, I don't think I will, uh, I'm going to download some of his podcast so I can keep him, or have him keep me awake as I drive across the uh, uh, rolling prairie of Nebraska. Uh, then there's also O'Shea Duke Jackson. <laughs> and I listened to him. Uh, he, he got me out to Florida and back. God almighty, guys, I can't recommend him enough. Uh, he is going to face an interesting problem. He is going to school in Poland to become a doctor. But and I, I'm not saying this to kiss his ass. I'm saying it just because it's true and it's accurate. He's such a natural and so good. I'm wondering if he was a pastor or a preacher because he's got that cadence. And I don't know if he's reading a script or what, but it seems too... It doesn't seem scripted enough to be a script. He's got, like, Stefan Molyneux. Like, Stefan Molyneux does not make a mistake when he's doing his... his uh, I wouldn't call them seminars, but his videos. Like, he just doesn't make a mistake. Uh, and O'Shea da- Jackson, he doesn't make mistakes either. There's no, um, ow, um... Jesus Christ, and but there's still an element of uh, natural, unrehearsed cursing and swearing and tirades. But it's just so smooth, like the guy. And like I'm saying, he just has this natural gift. So I'm wondering if he was a pastor at one time, or if he had a radio show, or if he's just that good. And regardless, the point is whether it's been rehearsed, practiced, or it's just natural. This guy is that good that he may face the problem I do, or I did back when I was younger, where it doesn't matter that you want to become an economist or that you be a great economist. Society may just pay you a shit ton more money to go be a podcaster or, or a, a blogger or a YouTuber. And um, it's just a funny, he's funny as shit, man. I'm rolling, he's, he did his white man in person. Okay, just let me give you an example. Here's, here, download this one. Go on YouTube, look him up. O'Shea Duke Jackson. Look for the video he did on Rachel Dolezal uh, about her faking being a white girl. And here's an example. This is what I'm talking about where I think it's natural because then he tangented about white girls dating black guys, and then, which is funny as hell unto itself. But then he does his white guy impersonation of seeing a black guy with a white girl. And he's like, and it's not my... Imagine a black guy impersonating me, impersonating my Thaddeus McStevenson the third. He's like, oh my goodness, what is that Negro doing with that white one? It's just and, and that's the least of it. There's just there's just so much funny shit he does. Uh, but anyway, so I very thoroughly enjoyed that uh, uh, that podcast as well, a YouTube channel. And uh, he's been kindly uh, promoting my book The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty on his channel. Uh, and has actually gotten me more success getting through to young black men than any other way, any other social media, any regular media. Surprisingly, Ebony Magazine did not get back to me. (laughs) That's how desperate I was. I was going to Ebony Magazine, Tommy Sotomayor, he'll never get back. He's Tommy Sotomayor. He's too busy sucking his own dick. Anyway, I can't pick on him that much. I'm sure he's just so busy, but it's just like, come on, guys, what's... This is it. This is the answer right here. This could this could revolutionize. This could win the Republicans the blackmail vote for the rest of our lives. 
at the risk of losing the black female vote, all 2% of them. So we got those two podcasts. And then uh, also other podcasts, we have Pushy Rubber Downhill, our good buddy Adam Pickett, of course. And he has several books out as well. He has Pushing, uh, uh, Pushing Rubber Downhill, the book, and Run Guts, Pull Cones. I haven't read that one yet. Both are available in paperback and Kindle. And I think only Pushing Rubber Downhill is available in audio. Uh, what else? Come on, Clary, think. Oh, uh, the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. You can go to 405media.com where John Grant uh, has a podcast station full of different podcasters. So if you don't like me, you can listen to those guys. What else we got? Carrie um, Lutz, financialsurvivalnetwork.com. If you're looking to, to, if you're new to precious metals and you don't know where to start, listen to his site, uh, listen to his channel. He gets some really good economists, uh, precious metals guys, all that kind of stuff going on. Uh, I'm going to be on his show next week, week and a half from now. Um, and so uh, we always shoot the shit and chit-chat about different things. Uh, who else? Uh, Silvio Canto, Canto Talk. You can find that on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we got him. Uh, come on, Claire, there's others. Lori Zook, she's sick, guys. If, if you would... Her website and everything's still up. Even though she's not podcasting, you know, she's, she's taking a, a little bit of a medical leave. Send her a good well-wish card, you know, say her, her email. Just say, hey, best wishes with your health. Help, hope the dog is good. She's got a big, big Great Dane, so ask her how her dog's doing. And that'll hopefully lift her spirits up a little bit. And then, oh, blowmeuptom.com. Uh, Tom Likas, everybody knows St. Likas. Uh, not only should you listen to his podcast, but if you're an entrepreneur... Go and run ads on his show. I certainly run ads here, uh, but I, I'm going to be intellectually honest with you. Uh, Tom Likas and uh, his uh, marketing guy, Gary Zabransky, um, they have their shit together. And uh, your money, uh, certainly I'll take your advertising dollars, but certainly contact Tom Likas first before running your ads on my place because uh, he's got obviously a much larger reach. <clears throat> and Gary is one of the few guys out there that actually get back to you on time. Oh, by the way... Uh, so I went and saw the great Matt Baldoni perform over in Las Vegas. And this was a private performance. It was held in these private studios. He says, yeah, just show up here. Um, we're, we're showcasing for potential people that might want to hire this band out. I play guitar, blah, blah. So I got to see this private performance. I'm also a fan of uh, Penn Sunday School. I don't recommend it but simply because unless you recommend me or somehow help me out, I'm not going to help you out. And I used to be very charitable helping people out. Until it's like, yeah, I, I, I got to have something come. Otherwise, I just like look like... And I don't mind helping people out. And I don't mind plugging them if they're good. But I can't plug everybody I like unless I'm getting some tit for tat. Anyway, uh, Penn Sunday School, which is Penn Gillette. He's the famous, uh, uh, not musician, magician of Penn and & Teller. And you guys know those guys. They've been around, gosh, 40 years maybe now? Pushing 40 years? Well, he has a podcast that I listen to, Penn Sunday School. And I got to see, he records in these same studios. So I got to poke my head into the studio where Penn Gillette actually does his podcast. And, it, you know, I'm, I'm no fangirl or anything like that. But I'm like, man, Penn Gillette, this is where the man does it, huh? You know, this, this is cool. You know, that, it'd be like, imagine, I know a lot of you guys like Joe Rogan. Imagine if you got to see where Joe Rogan podcasted from. You know, like you got to see his seat and the microphone. You know, like he was walking in those hallways. Not that I was terribly starstruck, but I'm like, wow, this, this is kind of cool, you know? Pendulite comes in here. This is where he podcasts. 
So if you want, go ahead, tune into Penn Sunday School. I'll give them a shout-out for that. Uh, while, we're, while we're plugging people who don't plug me in exchange for free to make them feel guilty because they charge me, there's the Beckloff. You guys know I like the Beckloff. He's, he's one of my favorite podcasts where they chit-chat about things that are slowly not Trump and video games and you get your geek on. Uh, we did Silvio Canto. We did uh, uh, Stephen Molyneux. Listen to freedomainradio.com. And that's all I got. That's all I can really remember. Um, let's do the key sponsors. We have my Amazon affiliate program. If you want me to never have to go back to work in banking again, which I'll never do anyway. I'll just go live on welfare anyway. But if, you, if you'd like to help out and of my sponsors uh, wears uh, wet your whistle, uh, you can still support the Clary Podcast and me in general by doing all your online shopping through my Amazon affiliate program. All you have to do is go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com, click on the Amazon banner, and just get into the good habit of doing that because that way Amazon knows when you inevitably land on their page. It just takes you right to the Amazon page. They get a little bit of a code. It says, oh, this came from Cappy. And then anything you buy from Amazon during that time, I get a 6 to 7%, 627, not 67, 627 commission. And uh, you don't pay anything extra. So if you get into the good habit of going to my site first, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com, clicking on the Amazon banner, and uh, uh, doing your online shopping there, that is the best way to help the captain without having to go to some pain-in-the-ass socialist pussy charity Patreon show. I don't, I don't, I really don't believe in that that Patreon. Unless you got a real project or a GoFundMe account, like you got a real project, something that, or a joke like I did with watching the female Ghostbusters. Um, yeah, just just help people out with the Amazon affiliate program. And if you hate my guts, other people have Amazon affiliate programs too. Uh, Cynical Libertarian Society, SinLibSocial.com. Uh, who else? Someone else got there. Did did Chris get his his thing up? I don't know. Chris, did you get that up? Let us know. So if you don't like me, you can always go and help out somebody else. Uh, we have Asshole Consulting. If you got questions you think the old captain can answer, that, you know, we talk about a breadth of topics and issues here, and I certainly am not stingy with my opinion. Uh, but a lot of times that does not address your specific personal situation. It doesn't have to be public. A lot of people think, oh, you're going to make a video of it? Well, no, that's what email responses are for. So you have several options. We can do email. That's the cheapest. We could do a video response. That's a little bit more expensive. And if you're willing to pay $200 an hour, I'll do Skype. Uh, but that's because I hate doing Skype. Um, but if you have a particular problem that might need a special tailored touch to resolve, you know the only place to go to get truth in reality and empirical advice is the old captain. Go to assholeconsulting.com. Also, tell your friends. If you got someone, you need an intervention, you ain't got the balls or the guts to tell somebody uh, that they need a swift kick in the ass, have them contact me. And then we also have the captain's life improvement plan. Go to assholeconsulting.com. Look at where it says LIP. That's the life improvement plan. It is, I'd almost say, 100% guarantee. I can't say that because then you could sue me. Uh, but it is the best way I've found to get people, if you are a loser... And I want you to listen to me very carefully. If you are a loser, I think I found a way for $5,000, which is cheaper than what you're going to piss away on therapists that don't give a shit about you and drugs and they aid you head to head to heads. And I need the Ritalins because I got the Asperger's and that's what I've been told my entire life. Hud to hud to huds. Um, give, uh, that, that's a drop in the bucket if I could turn your life around. And I'm not going to turn your life around. You're going to turn your life around. I'm just going to stick you to the coals because I got an idea that might work. So click on that, read through that, if you're done sick and tired of being a loser. 
Um, what else? Amazon Affiliate. Asshole Consulting. Oh, Academic Composition. Go to academiccomposition.com where Alex and his crackpot team of staff writers will write your papers for you. And you say, oh my gosh, that's so immoral. That's so unethical. It's like, yeah, because academia today is just the, the epitome. They're just the fucking Catholic Church, aren't they? They're just a bunch of saints over there. Fuck them, fuck that, and fuck you. Be smart. Be smart like corporations who outsource all the shit they don't want to do. Outsource all your crappy homework that you don't want to do. Go to academiccomposition.com. Outsource your stupid liberal arts paper to him and his writing staff. They'll take care of you. They'll bang, they'll bang it out for you. They'll free you up to go work. Go take maybe another class. I mean, you think about that. If you, got, if you have these guys writing your papers for you for your bullshit classes, then you could like maybe double up and start taking real classes or work. You actually come out ahead in this situation. Uh, they also do resumes for a hundred bucks. That might be worth your time, you know, or your money. <clears throat> and then, let's say you graduate, and you can't find a job. Let's say you're one of these liberal arts majors that finally got your head out of your ass. And you're like, oh my God, Aaron Clary's right. Even though he's an evil right-wing conservative Republican libertarian bastard, he is right. He actually cares more about me than my guidance counselors, teachers, and 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 professors. He actually told me the truth. Well, shit, I get this worthless liberal arts degree. What do I do with it? Well, maybe you go write for Alex. Alex is always looking to hire. And if you have a liberal arts degree, that means you can write bullshit and get it past these stupid, dumbass, liberal, commie, pain-in-the-ass, faggoty professors. So uh, he's looking to hire. And if you're even, even if you're not a writer, he's always looking for people to do marketing. Now, keep in mind, these jobs suck. They're not exciting. They will, they will suck the life out of you. They're boring. You're writing Marxist bullshit you don't even believe in anymore, right? But uh, it does pay, and the upsell <coughs> is that can be done from anywhere as long as you have the internet connection. So if you want to go and live in the Philippines, you want to go live somewhere cheap, as long as they got internet, you can do it from a beach. You can do it from a nice cheap hotel room. You can Airbnb. Uh, it's all possible now with the powers of the internet. So go to academiccomposition.com. Whether you're a client or whether you're a prospective employee, tell them that the captain said you let Alex know so he keeps advertising here. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then hopefully you're, you're, you're making a little bit of money, enjoying life, and you, you don't have to worry about where you... Look, you don't have to sling coffee. I'll tell you that. Make your $8 an hour plus tips slinging coffee. Oh, right, yeah. You got Go right. You're going to make more money. It pays by the page. If you can write efficiently, you can actually make some pretty good money. And you can get back at the teaching professor academia institute that kind of screwed you guys over with your worthless liberal arts degree. That's academiccomposition.com. Uh, and Frank Servey's book, Pushing uh, Robert, uh, not Pushing Robert Downhill, Burning the Midnight and Uncle Nick, written by Frank Servey, spelled C-E-R-V-I-I, Frank Servey. You can find those on Amazon.com. And uh, if you go, uh, you'll find three books that are under him, uh, uh, Uncle Nick and P- Burning the Midnight. Those are two books. The first one, Uncle Nick, and then the sequel, Burning the Midnight, are about a guy who is a red pill, zero fucks to give, Manosphereian Uncle Nick. He's a dirty uncle. He doesn't care what you think about him. He cares about the kids. He tells kids the truth. The adults hate him because he, 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 he's the mirror that shows them that they've pissed away their life. And so that is, uh, that's Uncle Nick. It's a fictional account, but it's what would it happen, what a real red pill Manosphereian would do. Uh, in California. I think it takes place in California. And then he has Where Pretty Lies Perish. That's another uh, uh, book that he's written. I think that's just a collection of essays that he's written. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But take a look if you're looking for something to read. If you're also looking for something to read, (coughs) oh, jeez, 
go to Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. That's Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. It's put together by a guy called Max, and that's all it is, is an Ultimate Reading List. Uh, he's got 30,000 followers. That means he must be putting up some really good books because he's got that many followers. Never understood how Instagram worked or why, what was it, Facebook paid $1.3 billion for it. Never figured it out. Anyway, uh, but you can uh, buy some books there if you're looking for something to buy. Try one of those books. It's certainly, uh, they've been vetted. But if you're also looking to advertise your book, if you happen to be an author, or you're starting to expand a little bit in any kind of services or wares, contact Max. You can email Max at max at wooter, W-O-O, T-E-R dot co. Not dot com, dot co. That's max at wooter dot co. Let them know the captain sent you as all. Anytime you go anywhere, you know, and, and, it, and it helps out. This isn't just for me, but anytime, just do us internet, webs, social media guys a favor. If someone refers you, say, hey, uh, you know, this happened with uh, O'Shea. Uh, also, I get a bunch of Facebook friend requests coming from a bunch of black guys, and I'm like, I wonder if this was O'Shea. Sure, oh yeah, O'Shea Jackson sent me. Oh, well, thanks. So now you know who to plug. It's kind of like, how did you find us? So uh, tell people where you hear from, uh, that you heard from the old captain here, and that's how you found his site. Uh, he charges $100 a month to run ads on his site, and it's totally worth it. And when I get back, I got to do that, all this piddly stuff. I also got to do Terrence Pop. I got to do him. Oh! By the way, again, um, entrepreneurs in cars. I got to do a video on this guy. Uh, I uh, overdue hat tip. This guy did a review of Bachelor Pad Economics, and no one told me about it uh, like three, four months ago. And it was a very good and kind review. And um, I got to download. So I got to download Mark Baxter. I got to download O'Shea Jackson. I got to download Entrepreneurs in Cars. And the only reason I haven't mentioned him before is, one, I forgot, two, I forgot, but then three, I haven't listened to any of his stuff, um, aside from the review. And so at minimum, I wanted to thank him for that review. And so go check that guy out, Entrepreneurs in Cars, EIC. And I think he's kind of got the lifestyle where he's just driving around and doing the internet work. I could be wrong, I don't know, but but it sounds like it's a location-independent channel. Like, yeah, here, this is the lifestyle you can... Uh, you can participate in, and uh, you know this is this is how you're an entrepreneur in a car. You don't need to be in the office because I haven't seen him do no. Uh, there are no thumbnails of him in a, in a cubicle or an office. It's always him outside or in a car. So uh, check that guy out, entrepreneurs in cars. Um, and then I'm sure I have other sponsors, but I'm forgetting them now. Um, so we'll just have to let that be. Hang on for a second. No. This might be bad audio, guys. I like to say this was the news, um, but the problem is I have to I have to go from memory. I read it. Somebody forwarded it to me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, something I don't know. And uh, I, I won't read it verbatim because I can't. I can't remember it. But basically, uh, witches of the world unite. All the witches, well, not all the witches, but there's a movement now among the witch community, and I guess... They had a spokesperson who was a guy, so I don't know why they don't call him a warlock. Because that's a bit sexist, don't you think? But the uh, the witch community decided that they're going to cast a, a curse or a spell or a hex. And he went through the different ex- explanations as to what the differences are. I don't care because it's all bullshit. 
But all the witches they were calling on, there's a movement of witches that on midnight of some night or every night, they're going to cast the seance, the spell, to impede and inhibit none other than Donald Trump. And, and there's so many, there's so many angles. One, uh, where the hell were these gals in the in the million make march with their pussy hats on? Uh, you you know that witches. I mean, come on, you guys have ran in. You ever run into a Wiccan gal? They're out there. They're out there. Well, I'm a witch. Makes you wonder. Like, okay, look, it's pretty funny to see any of the major religious people believe in their religion. I, I Funny by which I mean, I guess if you were not steeped in it, like let's say someone who started off agnostic or atheist. They were not religious. They were born into an atheist family. <coughs> let's say that then they are supposed to go and choose a religion. Well, if you were brought up atheist or just not religious, you have to look at these religions with a bare naked eye with no wool over your eyes and say well, that's some dumb fucked up shit that's some really dumb stupid shit you believe in some guy uh, who's having a threesome with two other dudes that make a god uh, one of which is his son that we nailed to a plank of wood and somehow that forgives everybody and this is all based on books that were put into an amalgamation of a book called the Bible, a hundred years at minimum, more like two to three hundred years later after the fact this all happened. And there's animals in boats and some guy with some hair that didn't get cut, but then when he got cut, he got his eyes cut out and then, because, what was it, Bathsheba the whore because he couldn't keep it in his pants. I remember my Bible more than you guys think. So this, it's supposed to believe that. Or, hey, some, some guy with syphilis out in the desert who was banging chicks uh, under the age of 13, uh, who basically just says, do as I say, or I'll kill you all. Um, that that guy, that's what, and we're all going to bow five times a day to the east, uh, and that has just as much legitimacy as, as the other. They're like, oh, okay. And then there's another one where these guys couldn't find their way out of the desert for 40 years, and the desert was not that big. And uh, they, they escaped the pharaoh guy, and they believe in half the stuff that the first religion does, except they killed the main dude. They're the ones that nailed the guy to the plank of wood. But, ah, we're all right now. Okay, it's all right. We just killed your main savior, but it had to be done. Uh, we don't really believe in anything. It's more of a, of a feeling or a gesture or some guidelines. It's very Pirates of the Caribbean. It eh, more guidelines. That's kind of the Jewish faith, isn't it? So anyone standing outside of that, they can... They, you, you can see, like, well, that's, that's kind of screwed up. But everybody, because everybody is outside of witchcraft, we can all agree. Uh, oh, let me not get ahead of myself. But if you were steeped in it, you were brought up in it, I could see where, you know, if you were brought up as a Muslim, you were brought up as a Jew, you are brought up as a Buddhist. Like, okay, yeah, that's what you were always believed. You were preconditioned. You were brought up that way. Your brain's been adapted to that this entire time. So, so I understand where, where it's at. But, but as someone outside of it, you look at it who's not religious, like, that, that's weird-ass fairy tale shit. Now, take that away. Everybody, and whether you believe to the guy nailed to the plank of wood, <coughs> the syphilis-infected psycho who wanted to murder everybody and not have pictures painted of him, uh, or the people who got lost in the desert that killed the main guy of the first aforementioned religion, 
I don't care what religion you're from. I think we're all on the same page when we look at witches and say, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm picturing Hazel. You know Hazel from the Bugs Bunny cartoon from Warner Brothers? She was the witch that was uh, had green skin, had the laugh, <laughs> always trying to cook Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Cried because she, what was it, Bugs Bunny was crying. Like He put on the sad eyes because he didn't want to get cooked into the potion or the brew or the stew of witch Hazel. And, and she starts crying because Bugs Bunny has this face. He's like, oh, why are you crying, Hazel? And she says, you remind me of Henry. And he's like, who's Henry? Who's Henry? My pet tarantula. <laughs> Fucking classic shit you millennial dipshits will never know. You, you millennial with your, with your mighty morphic power range. Yeah, look at that. Look at you, you idiots, you, you, you millennials. You, uh, Chris Beckloff said, you, you, uh, you undertoes of the world. Yeah, you get to watch your mighty morphic power rangers now, huh? They're turning that into a real movie. Anyway, uh, that's why I always picture the witches as. But now, now you get out into the real world. And let's see if, let's see if I can win one point with my religious listeners who are rolling their eyes. Oh, Clary, you don't really... Can you see the witches and the Wiccans and the priestesses that you've known? And I've dated a couple, which we'll talk about later. Uh, If you've ever met them, you don't believe in their shit, do you? Right? I mean, it's BS. I'm going to cast a spell. We're talking, you know, healing crystals and what else? And astrology. And I'm going to read your tarot card. I'm going to read your fortune. All right, that's the crap we're talking about, right? And we all are kind of on the same path, the same page here. Like, yeah, that's malarkey. That's, uh, that's hokum. That's BS. And would you also agree with me that <clears throat> when you look at these women, and they're predominantly women, I haven't met a warlock, I haven't met any men, it's been all women I've met. I think it's kind of like, you know, elementary education. It's like the math is too hard to go any higher, so we have babysitters, and predominantly women, and they going to elementary education as teachers. But you, you, you can look at them and say, okay, these women are, one, psycho, uh, but two, the more common trait they have is they got nothing else going on in life. Like, this is their agency. This is their purpose. This is, I wouldn't call it vice. I think humans need both vice and religion in life. Otherwise, I don't know what happens. They become nihilists and then they become DT over at blackbrigade.org. <laughs> But you need something in life. Healthy people may go find family. Healthy people may go find work or profession or career. Healthy people may go find family and kids and, and a loved one. Healthy people may find one of the established religions and not become zealots or extremists. But these people... We, had, we got you got to admit they're just filling a hole in their pointless and, and worthless lives because it's just patently false that you're gonna cast a spell you're gonna you're gonna uh, uh, cast a hex this crystal is going to to improve your mood and bring about the good spirits all right it it's bullshit and that's I'm just trying to get you to understand from my perspective I'm not saying you have to agree with it but that's how I kind of view religion like Look, you, unless there's some proof 
unless you know you got that burning bush going to make a second appearance, uh, unless we start seeing some real miracles that cannot <clears throat> be explained by science, I, 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 I need a little bit more. Because I personally don't see much of a difference between a whole bunch of animals getting on this ark and there's a big-ass flood that comes by and uh, then, it, then it procreates and then there's the fossil record. And trust you me, I've seen a lot of fossils. I've seen a lot of fossils way high up in mountains that were crustaceans and sea creatures. Uh, I, it's not the flood that got them there. I mean, there's there's some explanation to be doing. Uh, that, that's kind of where I... I mean, that's about the level of believability is this guy nailed to the plank of wood or this crazy madman killing and slaying and, and murdering everybody that didn't agree with him in the desert uh, is about on par as these women predominantly running around casting spells on Donald Trump. Okay? Now, getting to the agency thing. Uh, I have had my run-in with three Wiccans, all female, all my age, and uh, yeah, I fucked them. All, all, all fuckable, and I fucked them. Uh, it was, and, uh, and and we can slam and berate the Wiccan priestesses, and oh, I'm going to this thing. One went to a school to actually become an ordained priestess. Honest to God, swear. And I knew that was crazy, but I was young and stupid, and I said, I don't care. I will stick my dick into crazy anyway. Although I did handle it rather well. Uh, but one thing I will tip my hat to about Wiccan priestesses and Wiccan women and witches. Oh, are they easy and oh, are they great in bed. They are they are funner than fun to fuck. Uh, and I think, I think uh, what's his name? Terrence Pop might have said something about that. He, he says, yeah, Wiccans, Wiccans are great. They're, they're, they're just evil in the sack. Uh, but but they're, they're also evil outside. As a matter of fact, their evil never goes away. And this is, this is nothing deep or philosophical. This isn't because they're praising the Gaia God or the Sun Goddess or they're going to go out to Stonehenge and get all high on hippy-dippy uh, weedy crack. Uh, these are just... Lo- all of them were losers. All of them. <clears throat> all of them were loser women. One's a single mom. One's on welfare. She got foreclosed on. Another one was genuinely psycho and had nothing else going on in her life. The third one... This was much younger. This was like when I was in my younger 20s. Um, she decided that she was going to become a Wiccan priest uh, because it was more spiritual. Uh, but then I, I think that was like not a one-night fling, but I really didn't see her again. I think she moved. I think she went to Madison. I don't know. She went somewhere. Um, but it, it, it was great. It was wonderful and all the sex. But they were all losers. And just, it, it, again, I talked about this with uh, Major Ben. We, we had to look it up. And even though the quote is, uh, the last refuge of a scoundrel is patriotism, I really do believe the last refuge of a scoundrel is religion. I really do believe that. And I'm expanding religion to mean hokum BS religions like global warming, going green, uh, virtue signaling, uh, anti-white racism, socialism, feminism, and definitely Wiccanism, or Wiccan, or Wicca. I guess that's it. It's Wicca. Aaron, it's Wicca. Just just knock it, the, knock it the fuck off. You're not priestesses. You're not witches. You're a bunch of fucking losers. And 
you're going to go to this fucking academy because the rest of society doesn't want you because you didn't work hard, you're insufferable, you're a pain in the ass, or you're a lazy fuck. But this person, this uh, high priestess or this high warlock will give you the paper as long as you pay. I mean, what, wake up, come on. Just admit you got nothing else to do. I mean, you're going to tell me that the, the spiritual crystals, the health crystals, are going to, you're going to what, burn toad of newt? Or are you going to burn some spider legs? You make a brew? You're going to burn some incense and that's going to stop Donald Trump? I mean, it is, it is only a degree to the right, or actually a degree to the left. Wickedness, and you're not going to find a Republican wicked. You're just not. Because it's the same psychological stew all these witches boil from. <laughs> but it's just a hair to the left, just a slight, ever so slight variation. The DNA code is 99.9999999999% the exact same as a leftist, a feminist, a socialist, a social justice warrior, a Black Lives Matter person, and that is the Wiccans. But with the Wiccans, you can see just, just how much bullshit it really is. Just what a lie it all is. The only problem that Wiccans don't have going for is they don't have a money-making operation. See, the socialists do, the feminists do. Other people's money. Government money. Government checks paid for by white males, preferably, but they'll take whatever they can get. The Wiccans ain't got a money-making operation, so it's just purely for ego validation, especially for lazy people or people who just can't get the fuck along in society. So, oh, I mean, I could become a Wiccan priestess or priest or warlock or whatever the fuck it is. Guarantee you, I could. And they never do anything. They don't run a. They don't run a church. They don't run a. They don't have meetings. Well, they might have celebrations. They might go out and get laid. Sex is pretty big out there. That's fine. That's cool. I'm all for that. But to what point and what end? To cast curses on Donald Trump. Really? Really? Did you cast a curse on Hugo Chavez? Did you cast a curse on... Uh, what's his name? Uh, it's not Kim Jong-un. Who's the newest North Korean? Have you been casting curses on all these veritable dictators that actually have killed people? Have, have you cast curses on um, viruses, the AIDS virus? No, no, no. Because, again, it has nothing to do with a higher power or the spirit gods or the spirit crystals. You're just a bunch of fucking angry, bitter, pretty hot when you're 20, pretty scary when you're 40, broads who didn't want to work hard, made all the wrong decisions... And now, religion is your last refuge because you're a scoundrel. I'd have to say, these gals... I don't know who's more psycho. Horsewomen or Wiccan priestesses? I'm Who would be... Hmm. The Wiccans are more psycho. But I've never had a problem getting rid of them. It wasn't like they came in and slashed my tires. They weren't stalker, stalker-like. They weren't stalky. The horse girls weren't stalky either. And you couldn't... It was just fine to get rid of them. But they posed a huge financial risk. Like, they, they posed a huge emotional, financial, psychological risk. If you got involved with them. So I'd say the horse girls were probably more sane stably... But I think both of them, especially now that you, you young boys have had the benefit of us old-timers warning you about these girls. Everybody knows not to 
get seriously involved or emotionally involved with Wiccans or horse girls. I think we all know that. Um, but I, I think we also know that you don't get involved with Wiccan girls. I think I think we kind of got that. We got that covered. We got that taken care of. You you can have sex with them, but you don't you don't get emotionally involved. But man, I can only imagine what it's like being married to a Wiccan chick or dating one seriously. I guess she's not as bad as the horse. I, if I had to choose, I guess I'd go with the Wiccans because at least the sex is really good and there's no financial. They're all poor. They've never asked for any money. There was none of that. And then when you break up with them, they cast a lot of spells on you. Lord knows they probably try to cast love spells on me. <laughs> Didn't work. Spells. Uh, but where spells and hexes are all cute, and you can pat them on the head. That's nice, dear. Suck my dick. Uh, the, the horse goofs have real tangible financial problems. And if you get involved in that, yeah, you start co-signing loans or you're married. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're totally screwed. All right, well, listen, that's the uh, Fresh from Nebraska, Sterling, Colorado, Clary podcast. Uh, I do apologize for the lack of sincere thought-out posts. We'll be getting back to that on a normal schedule. Probably starting Friday or Saturday. I will be starting that new book on the on retirement. Uh, although again, that is merely going to be a a treaty, a treaty or a treatise. It's going to be an essay. It's not going to be anything terribly lengthy or long. So don't get your hopes up. And I'll tell you this: if um, if you've read Bachelor Pad Economics and you really truly are a minimalist and you really truly love your fellow man, you know that that is the most important thing in life. You're probably not going to need to read this. Um, it's it's nothing new. Uh, to you guys, but it is new things and bits and pieces that I've mentioned here and there repeatedly put together in a practical philosophy that I think everybody in the United States... I got so many damn books out there that should be read by every motherfucking American. 300 million people out there, 320 million. All right, I understand that, like, you know, 100 million of your kids and reading sucks. I got that. But God damn it. Well, how much... How much would I have saved the U.S. economy, the world, if people just would have read my books? Hey, Oprah, you stupid fucking cunt. How about instead of recommending why men suck and women are awesome, yay for us, pat on back, why don't you fucking recommend behind the housing crash? That would have saved us a trillion dollars. (coughs) Hey, uh, hey, Simon & Schuster, when you're uh, too busy washing your hands of of, um, Milo over there, how come you you don't recommend worthless, huh? How about that? That would have saved saved the millennial generation trillions of dollars. Student loan problem would have gone away. Would would I even be talking about this? And then, uh, hey, Bill O'Reilly, why don't you have me come on your show and uh, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about bachelor pad economics. Why don't you have me come on your show instead of having fucking Ann Coulter on for the 3,000th fucking time with her latest America the diddly do, the diddly dang from Ann Coulter. Damn right I'm jealous. I write good shit. Good shit that would help people out. <sighs> I know, I know, I know. You don't play the game, Clary. You don't play the game. You're not You're not networking. You're not networking enough. No, you're right. I'm writing damn good books. I hope to God at least I get... At least promise me this, guys. At least promise me this. I get a little bit of Tesla action. Okay? Like, he died a pauper... He's, he's been dead almost 100 years, 
And now people are like, holy shit, look at this guy. Look at what he did. Just just say he was ahead of... Look, if I'm not going to revel, I don't want to be ahead of my time. I want to be in my time. That means I make the fucking money. You don't want to be ahead of your time. He's ahead of his time. Nobody appreciates his work. Yeah, that just means I don't make no fucking money. I don't want to be ahead of my time. I want to be in my time. But, but, if I'm ahead of my time, if my book down the road, 100 years from now, frees the blacks from the modern-day slave owners, the Democrat Party, and we have this new rena- uh, renaissance in the United States where the black population all of a sudden starts kicking ass and outdoes Asians in terms of performance academically, economically, etc. I just want people to, you know, I want somebody to name a, a company after me that makes race cars and cool shit at the subsidy of the government. <laughs> Clary Corporation, what it makes? It makes jets that goes to the moon. It has nothing to do with the guy. What, what are you talking about? He was... More of an economics guy and a philosopher. I don't know. I just he was a really cool fucker, and uh, it was it was he was ahead of his time. God, no no inventor or author or any innovator or artist, any innovator of any kind. No no one there wants to be ahead of their time. That means not only did you put in the work, but you really put in the thought to think things through and get ahead of the curve. But you got so far ahead of the curve that goddamn sheep. They, they, they didn't notice it. Not only, the, not only the current generation of sheep, but you were so far ahead of your time, the stupid sheep had to breed a generation of sheep, and then that generation of sheep had to breed another generation. So maybe by the fourth or fifth generation of sheep, they, they're finally evolved enough to say, hey, wait a minute. That Aaron Clary fellow was ahead of his time. Do you know what he said? He said this 100 years ago. It's revolutionary stuff here in 2117. He said, spend less than you make. Could you imagine that fucking shit? Why did we figure this out? He was a visionary. A brilliant visionary. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) So if you don't want me to be ahead of my time, go recommend my books to somebody. Honest to God, he was ahead of his time. All right, that's it. That's all I got for the Clary Podcast. Uh, Listen, go... uh, Oops, hang on. Got to drive and do this at the same time. And we don't want to... There we go. Got it on the stop button. Uh, spread the good word comment, like, and subscribe uh, on all my social media platforms why would we do that? because that's how the algorithms pick it up and uh, make it show up in searches that's, that's what. so comment, like, and subscribe be it the YouTube channel Facebook, Twitter I'm on gab.ai or just, you know, subscribe you know, you can follow I know it's so stupid, guys. I know. I know Gen X, guys. I know. It's what the kids... It's what these kids... It's what Zuckerberg and the Google people programmed. It's an algorithm. you got to beat the algorithm, all right? Uh, but then also old school. Spread the good word of the old captain asshole over here. Uh, just share on the Facebook if you like the podcast and all that other good stuff. All right. We'll catch you kids later. Toodles.